Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Cubs beat the Rockies in the series opener. They are your first place Chicago Cubs once again, thanks to a Brewers win Don't over the Cardinals. It. Don't say it any more sexier than that, Luke. Oh, my goodness. Cody Del Mendo's here. Corey Friedman. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. Uh, all right, let's talk about it. It's late night, you know. Out on the West Coast a little bit. We call it the West Coast because it's west of us. Listen, this is a game that the Cubs very easily could have lost and maybe even should have lost. Yeah, They played some sloppy baseball. It was not a clean game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Colorado had base runners all over the place. Yep. And the Cubs escaped with a, a win to start the series. And you have to like to see that. I mean, there's games where you're not going to play well. And if you can find a way to win one of those... It's always nice. Especially on the road. On the road, especially. Uh, this was certainly one of those. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll just start with, like, you know, it's it was great to see the offense just come to life right away to start the game. Anytime you can start the, the game, you know, scoring that first inning, it sets the tone, puts more pressure on the opposing team to, you know, to, you know, catch up and, you know, they're already starting down before they even bat, um, you know. 2016 Cubs, great example. They were they were so good at scoring early. And that's kind of like what's been the recipe for this Cubs team so far in these six games. They've scored early, and then their pitching has just been good enough. Their starting pitching has been good, just good enough, and then their bullpen has just been elite, honestly, at, in the games that they've won at least. Um, t- tonight, I think you got a little bit of everything from that. So, yeah, no, it's, it's great. And – you know, I know I was pacing over there whenever Ethan Roberts was out there walking guys, and the reason being is like I just didn't like I I, I wanted to go in the ser- into the series thinking they can split at least, and I thought if they were going to drop this game that they probably weren't going to even do that. So feels great to 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 get one in, and now to me the pressure is all like there's not really a lot of pressure the rest of the weekend. It's just win one more, go and then and then move on because. Like me and you were talking, it feels like every time the Cubs go to Colorado, they never win a series. Yeah. So to split in Colorado would be awesome. When this game had several moments that <laughs> felt like doom was coming, <laughs> and they just kept escaping it. But yeah, it's a great way to start the series, especially on the road. And like you were saying, Cody, you send Justin Steele out there with a three to nothing lead, half grounds into the double play to end that first inning. Felt like it could have been more too, but that really set the tone. I think, uh, helps Steele go out there and do his thing. And it was a sloppy game in a lot of respects, but you also had a, a good number of guys really step up and, and help the Cubs earn this W. I agree with Cody in that those three, three runs right out of the gate were, they, they really were big in this game. I, I look at the other sloppy plays, whether, whether it was the weird play where Suzuki runs too far and they don't get the run that as it crosses the plate, and then you look at the pop-up that drops in right field. And, and that, that wasn't it. You know, they, they booted the ball a couple times uh, trying to get a double play. They did that once. And each time I thought, especially on the pop-up and the run that didn't score, I thought to myself, what would the late, great, rest in peace, Ron Santo have said on the radio during a couple of these plays? Because they were, they were comically... They were comically bad for any baseball team, right? Like, yeah. let alone a professional team. I mean, the the air by VR in the bottom of the first. I mean, which turned out to be huge. 
that the that Steele was able to get out of that. But I mean, he had a tailor made double play. It was you know as easy as it could get, and he didn't. VR didn't make that play. The Suzuki Madrigal, uh, you know, just trying to figure out who's going to catch that ball. Yeah, those... I'm still not sure who I blame if I'm the manager on that. Like, I don't know whose fault that really was. I mean, obviously yeah. it's it's Suzuki's ball to call him off, but Madrigal was there, and then Madrigal didn't get out of the way. So I don't know whose fault it was. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to hear your thoughts first. I mean, I think it's two guys that haven't played with one another yeah. before. And, yeah. you know, Say is obviously still adjusting. Um, we're not sure with the communication, like, how that is. And, you know, I, they'll they'll figure that out. I mean, it's a tough play. Like, you can see that Say is tracking Madrigal coming back, trying to avoid a collision, which is, you know, a good first instinct. But it is his ball. Is the outfielder, like, he's got to make clear that's – you know, my ball and they'll, they'll, they'll figure that out. It's all right. It unfortunately was one of those plays where it felt like it was maybe going to cost them the game. Yeah. That and the VR missed double play, like a couple plays where you're like, this could really cost them a game, but they'll, they'll clean that up. I think. Well, like you said earlier, I mean, it, it had moments where you thought, well, there's no way they deserve to win this game. There's no way they're going to pull it out. And they, they get the W on the road. Um, you know, in the first inning, 25 pitches or 24 pitches they got off of uh, Freeland. And then he really settled down the next like three innings was 24, 25 pitches total. So, you know, they got to him early, but he sort of settled into it before the, the Cubs finally found the offense again. And after he kind of found his groove there in the next three innings, I thought, uh, 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 this is, uh, this is not, it just had a feeling of, of a bad, road loss and instead Mm -hmm. it turns into a game that you can say we feel good about getting that because we didn't play our best baseball yeah and back to the magical suzuki thing um the comments right now is guy who says magical stinks at defense that's the issue and to me kind of like what you said the fact that neither one of them i don't think i've ever played at course field i don't know how much that had to play to do with that play but it not They've never, like, never had played there. So, that I feel like that is something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that I think a lot of it just comes with playing with together together more. And, uh, again, thankfully that didn't hurt them. But as far as what you said about, you know, how that, that first inning kind of died and yeah. they could have really put the, the pedal to the metal there. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean – it felt like that, but I, I don't know. I just felt really good about Justin Steele tonight. And so, in a way, I was comfortable. Uh, it was just until, what was it, the fourth inning. And I honestly thought he was going to get into the fifth inning easy. And then, uh, you know, obviously some of the defense didn't help him out, so he had to throw more pitches. And, uh, you know, that kind of led to him coming out, which kind of sucks for him. I You know, we were all kind of joking, like the defense, like the, the roster, whatever, the offense – they all owe him a steak dinner because he deserved to go farther. I think if there's, you know, outside of, you know, whether you want to say we got lucky tonight or not, I mean, there was still a lot of good for, like, what's to come, whether it's Steele or Keegan Thompson. Uh, Giffen's look great in that ninth inning. Good to see Frank Schwindel hit one out tonight. There's a lot of great things, so. Yeah. I don't think Steele was as sharp as he was in the opener, but he still could have left with five innings, no runs, had things bounced his way or. Right. Had some things not 
bounced poorly against him in the outfield. And um, he didn't quite have the command. It didn't feel like on some of his pitches. Uh, the curveball didn't look like he was commanding it quite the same, but he still looked good. Who said in the somebody in the comments just said, uh, Scott says he looks like an angry uh, Kyle Hendricks, and I love it, you know, and it, yeah, he does have a little attitude out there, you know, and I think, um, I think what we've seen in the first two starts is that he, so far, he's looking like he can be a major league starter. Yeah, I, you, you know, you have to love the attitude, both of Steele and Thompson, right? They, they have right. a lot of like poise and confidence for how young and inexperienced at this level as they are. So you have to love that. And yeah, I think Steele, as the game went on, you know, and as he gets taken out there in the fifth, the command was off. Luckily, he was missing up and out of the zone, not over the zone. Yeah. So he was able to kind of get away with that stuff. That's where the defensive miscues are more unfortunate. They didn't impact the score as, as it turned out. But Steele probably gets through that fifth inning a little cleaner. Uh, the velo dropped. The command got away from him too much at the end there. And if you right. save those pitches on the double play, the dropped fly ball, he probably gets through that without the stuff derailing as much. But overall, like, this was a, a good performance. And, you know, we've talked about their ability or the potential of some of these, like, this wasn't a strict piggyback start, right? You had Roberts come in in the middle of those two. But this is the type of stuff you want to see this pitching staff do, like especially on days Steele starts or whoever. Thompson comes in, takes over the game, shuts things down, and you don't have to use a bunch of guys to get a W. It was a a nice uh, game plan tonight. The thing that kind of – and I don't know if Ross would have done this, but Keegan Thompson was rolling, and if Steele would have been able to get them five – Ross might have just let Thompson finish the game. Yeah. Like, he he was he was electric on that mound. And when we looked at the box score and only saw him – see him only have one strikeout, the reason we were all surprised was because he had so many swing and misses, just didn't finish them off. But he was able mm-hmm. to, you know, pitch to, you know, get outs. And they were all – like, most of them were all soft contact. I know the one hit – I or the one batted ball I can think of that was hard hit uh, was when Thompson came in to save – Ethan Roberts when we all thought that the Cubs had just <laughs> blew the lead and thankfully all like every hard hit to left field in the air tonight by the Rockies was hit right to Ian Happ. So. I can't believe he only had one strikeout. Yeah. Thompson's yeah. stuff was so good in this game. It was like it was really people say that's video game stuff. His ball was moving so much. It was like watching a video game sometimes. When he was he was out st- and he was the star of the game, period. This yeah. is why, you know, last year and coming into this year, a lot of people debated who should get these start options, what should they do with Steele, Thompson, Alzali. Like, I, I do think that this is the role that Thompson is best served in. It was the one that he had the most success in last year, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the starts that he got. And this is a really valuable role. There's nothing wrong with not being a starter because this is a a really valuable role, especially on this team and with the way this pitching staff is constructed. It's even at at full strength is not necessarily going to be five guys you're expecting to go out there and throw seven, eight innings a game, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is a really valuable role. Three and a third, 45 pitches. Like you said, Luke, we were all surprised he only had the one strikeout, but no walks, like in command the whole time. This is the if this is a recipe for what they're going to do going forward. Keegan Thompson is going to be a very valuable contributor to this team. Before okay. we get off Steele, I, w- 
I'm actually a little surprised that he's not that there's not a little bit more buzz about this. You know, just as a Cubs fan who's seen a lot of, you know, us putting a lot of pressure on these young start like, you know, Cubs Nation was very excited over some Adbert Alzale starts where, you know, it wasn't showing that much more than this. And so I, I just think, you know, for and you know, Steele's probably not as doesn't have that value coming in as a prospect, but just you that's know, that's a thing. young pitcher who's he, who looks good for his first two starts. That's exciting for he the does. guys. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You you put it, you said it right there. Like Alzale, when he was coming up, he was known as the Cubs' best p- pitching prospect after Dylan Cease was traded, and we had to wait a few years to see him. And Justin Steele's been in the Cubs system for what since 2014. He gets called up for the first time last year, showed some flashes as being a really good bullpen arm. Then the deadline comes and they say, all right, kid, let's see what you got as a starter because what what, el- what else do we have to lose? And, what, we got five, six starts out of him, struggled out the gates doing it, but he closed the season really strong in his, like, final two outings and was strong in spring training and earned this chance. And that's why, like, to, for me at least, I'm, I've been excited for it. I don't know, like, as far as, like, the hype, I can understand why it's not nearly as high as someone like Alzale. But, again, I think it has to do with the prospect status and and stuff like that. But that goes to show you that if you can develop your your own homegrown pitching, doesn't matter what your prospect status is, if you're good at what, like, if you're, you're you're, not your farm, you're scouting in your front office, whatever, if you're, if you can find talent, you can and you put them in the right situation, things can work out for you. And so far, Dan Kantrovich and this front office under Jed has kind of pieced that into the right situation. And I know it's only six games, but they deserve a little bit of credit here. They do deserve some credit. And I think part of the reason you talked about the hype, Joey asked about the hype around him as compared to Alzali. I think there's a couple things. One is the Cubs weren't able to develop young pitching, right? We've talked about it at nauseum. So I think Cubs fans may be a little gun-shy about a young pitcher coming up. You don't want to get mm-hmm. too sucked into a, a, a young pitcher's success because uh, I've seen it not work. I've seen it not work. I've seen it not work. And then the other side of that is the opposite. They've rebuilt the farm system, and now one of the strengths of that farm system is a lot of young arms are coming, you know? When we talked um, to Max Bain on mm-hmm. the podcast about three, four weeks ago, he said, you don't understand. We've got arm after arm after arm after arm coming. He's like, we're loaded and we're all coming up. And that's another reason why it's not, uh, I think people aren't going crazy over Justin Steele pitching well is because they are starting to now expect to see that. Even though they were gun shy before, now they start hearing these names one after another and they're like, this is just, he's just another one of the guys coming up. He's not, you know, when Alzali was coming up, he was like the only guy in the farm system at the time that people were talking about. Yeah. Now Steele is just one of the guys, which mm-hmm. is certainly a good sign moving forward for the Cubs. If this is someone who's just one of the guys in the mix for things and he's going to pitch like that, Right. That's a really positive sign I, for, for everybody. I think of what we've seen, whether it's Steele, Thompson, Ethan Roberts. I know he wasn't good tonight, but like what we've seen in the two other appearances. And then, you know, we've talked about Caleb Killian mm-hmm. coming up later in the year. Like, is those guys are just a taste of what the Cubs have going on on the farm, pitching-wise at least. 
And I know like that's easy for me to just say based off like, you know, hype projections and rankings and all this stuff on the on the farm. But like if you like I said, if you have the the right people in place to find talent, kind of like how the Cubs have shown already with these guys with this front office under Jed, like it's hard to not believe that these guys at least some of them are going to have some sort of role that could help the Cubs down the road and and becoming a real contender and obviously not this year but in years to come so yeah man it's just really exciting for me at least to when I think about it like where this where where the where the next Cubs the next great Cubs team could be more really good homegrown pitching whenever in 2016 it was like homegrown position players and we paid for we paid for pitching and I'm not saying we're going to go pay for a bunch of position players because there's a ton of position (laughs) players down there too but like when you can get both like the the sky could be the limit in a couple years of course we just need a lot of a lot of development and you know a lot of things to go right. But, the the you know process I mean. seems worth buying into. Right. Right. Exactly. Like Theo is always a big process versus results guy. And you're seeing a little bit of both now. And like Alzali was, was more on like the prospect rankings and, you know, had more of that hype. Steele didn't necessarily get that same treatment. Um, but the process that the Cubs have right now in terms of who they're identifying, drafting, developing – you know, we'll see how all this plays out, but it seems worth buying into more. And like, I, I you know, I mentioned the the poise and the confidence from Steele and Thompson tonight, but do like, I, I, I want to reiterate again, like Steele could have let this game get off the rails. Really? His defense was yeah. failing him. He had made the pitches to have the outing that he deserved and he got back out there and got more outs, right? Like, and and he could have let this 100%. go off the rails, and he did not do that. And mm-hmm. you have to give him a lot of credit for like the mental <laughs> fortitude to do that. And like now on the year, nine and a third, just two earned runs, three walks, nine strikeouts. Like that's gonna play, right? He like easily given up six runs in this game, and right. I wouldn't have blamed him for most no. of them. Yeah, he had yeah. to make a ton of extra pitches, yeah. and like right, with yeah. guys on base, you know, like high pressure, high leverage situations that he didn't pitch himself into and he bailed his defense out multiple times. So right. credit to Justin tonight for sure. Matt says Steele can be a solid starter. Wouldn't say front line, but those are coming. And you know what? I'll, I'll just say this, Matt. Don't rule anything out yet. Mm-hmm. We've only seen two starts. I mean, mm. these are two nice starts. I'm not, I don't want to put too much value into them, but at the same time, I'm not going to rule that out yet. And I'm yeah. also not going to rule it out Adbert Alzali either because when he comes back from an injury maybe a, a good performance from Steele and another good performance from Thompson maybe those guys start to build the pressure comes off Alzali then he doesn't feel like he's like he's the whole future of the team necessarily and and maybe he can just come back in and start working on what he needs to work on when it's only six games so far yes so like you don't want to jump like two ahead no. but it is interesting to remember, and they're on different timelines, but at some point you're going to get Wade Miley back, who was right. quite good last year. And hopefully at some point, whatever role he plays, you get Alzali back. So, like, the longer this rotation looks good and sort of stabilizes and keeps the team in games, you should be getting some reinforcements. And that's right. not even considering if and when they bring up Caleb Killian, which is, you know, we're driving the hype train on that for sure. For sure. But, <laughs> there it is. 
I know a lot more people like the casual fan is going to eventually want these starters to find a way to go six or seven innings. But I just feel like Jed has this team built for guys to go five. That's how I feel like that it is. Hey, I got a question. If you had a perfect game in like the fifth or sixth inning, would you have pulled them in this game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody's, <sighs> nobody's going the distance. So no, if no. you're out there hoping to see Justin Steele go like eight innings, it's not happening in baseball right now. No. So I think every start you should pretty much expect like four, five, six. Is, six is a lot right now if you're looking around Major League Baseball. Not too many guys – going deep into the game with the, the short spring training and the weird right. off season. And that's why there's extra pitchers on the roster right now. For sure. And, and that, and that what I said was kind of, you know, no, I, a little bit of a joke, but also yeah. kind of like, I, I, you know, I remember reading a comment the other day that some, it was about uh Stroman, I think. And some people were like disappointed. He only went five and it was like, it was his first start. We're coming off a of short spring training. So I just want people to understand that like, it's going to take a while to ramp these guys up. It's going to take more than one start. So, um, yeah, this is like might be one of the few times a starter goes four innings, and I'm like, this guy was electric tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, no, the we've talked so much about Steele and and Thompson, a little bit of Givens. He uh, he was he was more impressive to me in in the ninth inning than than Robertson has been in his two appearances, um, and I think it's mainly because he's getting more swing and miss than Robertson. Um, and that's why I feel like I felt like Ross brought him in because Coors Field, three-run game, anything can happen. Instead of letting them put the ball in play, just get the out, right? I still think he's, when we made the preseason picks, that's why I said I, I think he'll barely, but he will end up with more saves than Robertson, is that I still think if you, if you ask David Ross to pick a closer, he had to pick one tonight, he would say that it's, it's Givens and not Robertson. And and at early that first game when Robertson got the save, it was really Givens who was in the high leverage situation. So sometimes we don't see the clo the quote unquote closer in that closer role. And I, I just think if he had to pick one that's who it I would agree. Mm-hmm. And I also think his miss is are better than Robertson. Well, and I like the, you know, even along that idea, like going back to like opening day, I like the idea because Givens gets more whiffs of, you know, maybe Ross being a little flexible with that. Like oftentimes the ninth inning, those three outs are not where the game is won and lost in your bullpen. And so if Ross is willing to be flexible with that, you go to Givens when you need swing and miss. When there's an emergency, you need a fire put out to save the game, right? Not literally get the save. And then, you know, there's nights where things are cleaner and you can make a decision between the two. But, yeah, I think Givens right now is probably your highest leverage reliever, at least as it stands at the moment. Listen, you don't have Mariano Rivera. Nobody does. Yeah, But the Cubs certainly do not. So uh, to think that Givens is going to be great every night would be foolish to think that Robertson's going to be – like, it's going to go in waves throughout the season. I just think when it's all said and done, if health is even for everybody – that Givens may have more saves than the other guys, but I don't think it's going to be by more than like three or four. You know, I don't. I don't yeah. think it's going to be. I don't think there's going to be a huge disparity among some guys, and that might be Wick or somebody else that comes into that mix and gets in there too before the end right. of the season. You would think. Yeah, and then I mean, you know, as far as the bullpen goes, there's still a few guys out too. So you add that to the mix, and that bullpen gets even better. I. I 
I just remember like it was like the first or second game. There were already people that were in the comments that were like, so we need to get bullpen help immediately. And like, I feel like I don't think it's quite there yet, but we're already starting to see the bullpen kind of come into fruition. The kind of like how I said, or Corey, I think you said it too, um, on a previous show on how it's just going to take David Ross some time to find some guys um, to and get them in the right situations. And uh, so far, the way he's used Givens, whether it's the eighth inning or the ninth inning, he's been pretty good when he comes in. Uh, so that's positive to see. So, um, yeah, man, I this was a great game despite the sloppiness. I had fun watching it. There, there were some moments in this game that were fun, <laughs> and there were some others where they were cover your eyes. I do see a lot of chat going on, uh, some of it about Patrick Wisdom, and I know people are – getting a little yeah. frustrated with his slow start to the season and, you know, the slow finish to last season. Right. And some, I know somebody asked, and we even kind of questioned, like, how long would the leash be if VR keeps playing well that maybe VR would start to get more starts at third base? I would guess that's still a ways off personally because I think they want to give Wisdom every chance yeah. possible to try and recapture that magic. It's it's yeah. tough. I mean, it, it it's it's <laughs> tough. I, you know, it's um it's again one of those things where it's six games, but his you know struggles started over the summer last year. Um, Brendan and I talked about it last night. Like he did make some mechanical changes. They may not be like super obvious. Like his swing isn't totally different. Like some guys when they make those changes, so you do want to give him some leeway to see if that plays in a mm-hmm. you know regular season and against real pitching and stuff like that, but. Yeah, like at the same time, like I'm not, we knew that these were going to be the comments, right? I'm not surprised. The at-bats have been ugly uh, in large part, you know? And so I think when the the strikeout numbers are are that gaudy, especially on a team now that's making more contact, it stands out a bit more. I I get the frustration, but yeah, I mean, look, like you you unearthed a guy that broke your rookie home run record last year. You... you the struggles began last year, but you have to give him more leash. It's it's six games, no matter yeah. what, right? Like, I don't know what the appropriate number is. That's a call for people who but it's get more than six. paid to work for the team. But, yeah, it's got to be more than six. Like, they're putting him at the bottom of the lineup. The stakes are pretty low for where he's at. I I, I can't tell you how it's going to play out, but you will have to be more patient whether you want to be or not. That's that's <laughs> up to you, but it's it's six games, so yeah, we'll see. I'm with you, and I'm with the frustration. I totally get it. I mean, it pains me because, like, last year when he was, you know, he came on the scene out of nowhere, and I learned that he was traded by the Cardinals for nothing, and I was like, oh, maybe the Cardinals actually looked like a bunch of morons for once and, and, uh, at the end of a trade. And then he started, you know, the league caught up and no one was, he never really figured it out again. Um, But the power is there as he showed it. And I do think the defense is there. Tonight was very discouraging because not only did he go 0 for 4, but there were a few defensive plays too. I don't think they went for errors, but I know there was a, there was a slowly hit ball towards him that was going to be a tough play to make, but he's, We've He's seen him be lot. so good de- yeah. defensively that, like, I thought that's a play he should make, and 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 he couldn't make it. And to me, right now, and you know, I don't, I never played at this kind of level or anything, but like to me, it feels like the confidence just isn't there for him right now. And when you don't have the confidence, 
it's hard to play well at anything or do anything well at anything. Right. So you, you do want Joe's to, with you too. Joe's, by the way, says wisdom just needs a day off. Let's all relax. Yeah. yeah. You, and that's what I think too. He needs a, a day or two, honestly. You do like at the very least, like even if you want to switch around the lineup, give him a day off. Absolutely. Like that kind of power is a really valuable skill. So like, right. I know that there's going to be some fans who are, and I, see it on Twitter like mm-hmm. they're they're done with him right which yeah. is way too quick right it's it's six games he had a, a very impressive you know rookie season last year but at the very least you you want him to figure it out even a little bit to be a role player on this yeah. team even if you don't believe long term mm-hmm. he's going to be a starter or what his role would be on whenever the next great Cubs team shows up a guy that can hit 28 home runs in that short of a span, like that's a very valuable and unique skill. You want to figure that out, even if it's only in a specific role. Like you you shouldn't just be writing him off. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. be giving up on him in six games. It's been rough, but definitely you don't want to write him off completely either. Another thing is, is like who else do the Cubs have at third base besides VR? Like who who else can truly play third bl- right. third base? There's no one really in in Iowa right now that that they could come up and will be better than him. So the only other option would be if they went out and you know they're not going to trade oh, for. A I don't third think baseman, he's going. But, in, I don't think yeah. he's going anywhere. You might see his playing time start to shrink throughout right. the season. But um, I mean, injuries come. Like you can't bank on VR oh, being no. able to play right. every right. game at third base the rest of the season if you were to just bench him now. That's why you got to give him time, and I know it will be frustrating, and there will be times where he probably will strike out with guys on base in less than two outs, whatever. But we you we just have to give him the chance to figure it out. The, again, this guy was once a first-round draft pick, and in my personal opinion, was never given the full opportunity to play on at the major league level. When he was with St. Louis, he got blocked by Matt Carpenter, and I still think that was a gigantic mistake by them. Not necessarily now, but because of Arenado. But he's definitely better than Matt Carpenter, in my opinion, at this point. Um, then went to Texas, went to Seattle, and didn't even get 100 at-bats with those teams. The Cubs gave him a chance, and yeah, he came out hot, and then the league adjusted. He just needs to find a way to get past that. And uh, I think this would be a yeah. different story if the Cubs were competing for a World Series Agreed. this year. Like. Yeah. What's what's the upside that you get from Jonathan VR versus the upside that you could get from Wisdom? Like, you know, I I, I just don't. What are you losing by you know giving right. Wisdom a hundred starts this year, third? And and, it, and like Cody said, it's not like we've got Chris Bryant in Iowa banging down the door. Like you know, right. there's not yeah. really a better option. And and VR is still going to get plenty of at bats because he can play short, he can play third. Um, Rodna wants an old school fix. She just wants him to choke up on the bat and start. Mm-hmm swinging for smaller hits than just for home runs and the Tristan says Tristan like, says give him till May. Yeah. Well that yeah. might that might be an that appropriate be mark, do, you know, yeah. it might be another like 10 days or so yeah. and they'll see how he does in the next 10 like, days. You know, clearly like, you know, the I we'll see what their internal plan is, but yeah, like the pressure's on. Like and it may not work. He's striking out at a very high yeah. rate. Like yeah. it's not good. You're not wrong to notice that it's not good. It is not good right now, but yeah, like... And before last season, I don't think any of us would have been surprised that this isn't going great, like that we brought up Patrick Wisdom and he's not playing at an all-star level. I think, like, you know, our expectations were higher, kind of warped after last season. Like, I don't... This this shouldn't be a massive surprise. Yeah, it it was worth coming into the year 
they're different players, different things, and and Frank had a really nice night tonight, so he's you know sort of turning things rather quickly. But it was worth coming into the year and seeing what you had with these guys. That is not no longer true after six games. Correct. It's still true. It's still true. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think if you really want to look at it objectively, you could say if if one of them emerges from this season, you're like, we still have something. You yeah. should be pretty happy. Now, I'm not saying it, you can't get both of them to be great players, but mm-hmm. if Schwindel has a good season and Wisdom doesn't, I think it's a win. Yeah. If Wisdom has a good season and Schwindel doesn't, I think it's a win. Yeah. If if both of them struggle this season, at least you know, and you tried. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't think it's crazy either way. I do think, like Joey was saying, it, give it a little time. There's, They're not fighting for every for every win to try and get into the postseason right now. I know the games all count the same, but this team isn't built to win the World Series this year. Let's just be honest. They're not. This is about this is a developmental year. And if they get some playoff experience along the way, that would be a win. And yeah. if they are competing as this season goes along, yes. they'll changes. approach this more aggressively. Yeah. yeah. Like if, yeah, if, if they if get to the deadline and they're we're actually six games in. Right. Yeah. Nobody yes. needs to be sent, you know, nobody needs to be <laughs> yeah. designated for assignment yeah. off of right. six games. Not I, yet. I, yeah. And, you know, we're talking about playing this guy more here. I mean, I said at, at the in the pregame that I would have liked to see Nico at short because of uh, the defensive factor, which obviously we missed that for most of the night. Um, so it's the that's the one downfall of having to – you know, get those at bats to wisdom because they would have probably played VR at third and then Horner at short and then wisdom would have been on the bench. But in the ballpark that they're in, I totally understand why they did play wisdom because it should have been a a big a, a big game for him and just yeah. wasn't. And well, that, I, it's unfortunate. I, I do think that we'll see how they do it going forward, but. Nico's probably going to sit occasionally. You know, he's had those injuries. And kind of like the pitchers, you know, they just want to be careful with, um, you know, I mean, like I know in the NBA it's it's load management, right? Like I don't know if that's exa- – I don't know if they have a strict number that Nico's playing a week or anything like that, but I would expect him to sit occasionally just to make sure that he's able to get through this season, have a full development year, like – and a stretch of 10 games, for instance, it was good to see that Wilson Contreras could take a night off and that Jan Gomes could come through and, and, and have a pretty good game. I am, again, yeah. six games, so just like everything else, it's we're not overreacting, but I was thrilled when they signed Jan Gomes. I know a lot of people read into that as like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like sort of a real catcher, maybe Wilson's out the door, and that stuff still lingers. It's still weird. We've got that arbitration right. hearing looming. Like, yeah, we'll talk about that eventually, right? <laughs> but, I, you know, Jan Gomes, two for four tonight, looks fine behind the plate, hitting the ball, and it's just very, very nice to have a really solid MLB-level backup catcher. And... I love Wilson in there. He's smacking the ball to start this year, coming off a 453-foot home run in Pittsburgh. But he needs those days off, and I think we're really going to be happy about these Jan Gomes starts. Anytime he goes two for four, you know, batting down in the order, that's great. But as Wilson is hopefully healthy and thriving later in this season, it's, it's because Jan Gomes, you're able to put him back there and be confident in it. And... Credit to him. He's going out there. We're talking about 
Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, all these young guys, Jan Gomes is catching them, right? Wilson will do it too on occasion, but the catchers deserve a lot of credit too for calling these pitches, keeping these guys calm, and like, you know, leading the charge out there. Yeah, that's a good point. I love that. And yeah, Jan Gomes, what, two for three tonight? Like you said? Two for four. Two for four. Like, you'll take that every day of the week for your backup catcher. And uh, yeah, I thought he had a good night. Obviously, your guy Schwindel had a good night. Congrats on your point, Stucky. Yeah, I appreciate that. I do <laughs> oh, want to point yeah, out first he's ever not gloating about number it. one. I, yeah, I surprised. Am a surprised. It took you that oh, long I to bring it up. I was sort of expecting the party horn before I did my gloating, but <laughs> hold on, hold on. Still waiting. Oh, is it coming? <laughs> you got. You have no idea how many sound effects. I mean, can you see the thing on here? Look at. Hold on. See. Look how many sound effects. Oh, not, what, shouldn't we start? That it's not so the, easy the to find. The Razor hype train or the Caleb Killian hype train horn? Are they the it, same yeah, horn? The, it's all the same <laughs> it's horn. All the same, all horn. The same horn. We got a thousand things, but we only use the party horn. <laughs> uh, um, I, I will point out uh, before we hit points bet that Joe Schroeder mm-hmm. has my comment of the night. Six games in and in first place, right. send, send them, them all, all down. Send them all down. That's, <laughs> You're right, Joe. That's Cubs that's Twitter. Right. In first a, in place, Cubs, and, and we're talking about whether or not somebody should be <laughs> kicked off the team. For I will say most of the comments are positive, uh, so that's good. I'm, I'm glad to see most people are happy. But I did see during the game a lot of mm-hmm. Twitter yeah. comments flying by on my feed, like, I've seen enough of this. You know, there was, yeah. I understand it. It's all yeah. part of being a fan. I'm just yeah. saying, like, Six uh, games in, they're in first place. Joe's right. Right. Don't need to make any moves just yet. Yeah. Um. So I went three and zero gambling tonight on this game. What did the Bryant thing didn't deliver though? Did it? The Bryant thing did Barely deliver. At the end, oh, right. Because he got a base yeah. hit in the ninth inning, so two total bases, minus one twenty. Givens check. Givens locked down the game. Yeah. But while helping you, while hit the helping bet. me, it's out. a nice yeah. guy. He gave up one hit, and it was to Chris Bryant. Uh. Kyle Freeland under four and a half strikeouts. Uh, opposing pitchers strikeouts unders against the Cubs this year are now five and one. I'm just saying. And tell them to uh, bring me my money. Oh, the other one is the Cubs have never lost when Cody and I have a. Oh yeah, the show. other one is when yeah. And if you could bet that on points about it, which I wish you could, but not everybody can. can say that. But Cody, but and we I can, can at least say that. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it's just Brendan that can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I made all those bets. If you all wrote with me, you were, if you watched the CHGO bets daily show and took those bets, and you're sitting here happy that the Cubs won, and also a little bit richer, I hope you did them all on points bet. Uh, which is the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allCHGO.com and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. You can even boost your live same-game parlays. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Every show, I say Luke has done it, and if Luke can do it, all of you can do it too. So signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than ever. So start living your bet life in seconds. Use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. 
Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Matt says, uh, tough fielder's choice for KB tonight. That did almost catch yes. catch you on that bet. And yes. that was the one prediction I made that did not go well for me. I had Chris Bryant homering in this game. Everyone had Chris Bryant homering in this game. Didn't Blue. happen. So it's a good didn't. thing I didn't put my money down on that one, fortunately. <laughs> uh, Bryant saying before the game, hey, every time I play the Cubs, we don't have to have a press conference. He had some funny <laughs> comments. Uh, he joked about David Ross. They, he was asked about David Ross's managerial style, and he said, well, you know, when I see him on – think I can only think of him on Dancing with the Stars, so I can't take him too seriously. And then his other great comment was about – he was asked about the service time, and he wants the new service time rule in Major League Baseball to be named the Chris Bryant rule, which is – just a little bit of a dig. Yeah. We've got another great comment there from Joe. Loving the podcast. This is the first time he's able to tune in live. Like, If you're listening to the podcast right now, just know that we're going live after every game on YouTube. We're going to be doing this all season. If you're watching on Twitter, come over to YouTube so we can read your comments and everything. Um, but just join us live. It's, it's great to have fans in the chat. And then I also got a surprise for you guys here. Oh, Hold oh, on. oh. Is, is he here? There he is. He is here. Can we oh, hear him? Hello. Ryan Herrera, the checking he, in from the Mile High City. Yeah, he was uh, live oh. on the DMVR Rockies podcast today. Yeah, how was that? That was a good time. Oh, it was a good time. I see the bar and and see you with like the whole setup, and I'm like, I want that. I want that so badly. But we, we got to wait. We got to wait a little bit of time. But no, the the DMVR uh, setup is awesome, and this is my first ever trip out to Denver, so it's been a, it's been a blast yeah. for the 12 hours that I've been here. Hey, Ryan, I do have one more quick question before we get to baseball. Did you see all the CHGO merch in the Denver office? And if you did, can you slide some in your suitcase for me? <laughs> uh, I'll have to get Eric. Maybe he can um, help me get that five-finger discount. But, uh, no, yeah, I did see it, a lot of it there, uh, ready, ready to get going. So. Um, hopefully coming. that's getting shipped out. Hopefully we're getting our free shirts. I'm waiting for that free shirt. So I actually have to get Eric on that one, too. You should bring that up. Like no one, I'm the shirt I'm wearing. I I bought. We're all still waiting for our free shirts here at, at the at the office. So the yeah, I'll, I'll have to get on the DNVR people for sure. Yeah. So what was the word? What was the word after the game? I mean, here we've just been talking for about you know pretty much everything, but we also talked a lot about uh, Keegan Thompson. For us, was one of the if you had to pick three stars like a hockey game. He had to be my number one star. I thought he was that good, um, and he really saved the rest of the bullpen and the game, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, you know, we ended up 3-2 right there with Ethan Roberts. You know, struggled, obviously. You know, he, he's a rookie. Young guy is going to come. Uh, but Keegan came in, got that got that out to close out the fifth, you know, kept it at a one-run lead, and then uh, it was another three innings from there that he just kind of shut everything down and, um, we've talked a lot about how Keegan Thompson, you know, he could have been a starter and might, may still have a shot to be a starter, but, uh, you know, Rossi and, and Tommy Hadovy, they really like him as that multi-inning guy out of the bullpen, that piggyback, which is, you know, anyone that's going to come in and, and he has the ability to go for a while, but that he's going out of the bullpen is where they want, especially this early in the season. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, everyone was just, just impressed with what Keegan was able to do. Um, three hits, no runs, no walks. That that one strikeout right there. I think that was to end the eighth. Um, but yeah, just just impressive, especially in a in a hitter's ballpark like uh, Coors Field, just how he was able to shut the Rockies down, and, and especially once they got that three run lead, to just not let them really get back in it at all. 
Were you surprised as well that he only struck out one person? Because we looked at the box score after he was finished and we're all shocked that there was only one strikeout for him. Yeah, no, I I literally just looked at the box for like the second to see, and I'm like, did I write that down correctly? Was it really just one strikeout? Because because I remember that I mean, that curveball that 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 curveball right there is it to Connor Joe? Maybe it was. I don't know. Remember who exactly it was, but yeah, that that curveball right there was nasty. And I mean, maybe the it's most delayed be. strikeout call ever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I guess I expected a little more. Maybe it was just you know everyone like, people were. Putting bats on the ball, so yeah, the Cubs had ten hits, you know, double digits. I mean, it was just a, a, a hitter's day, and like we talk, I mean, you look at Jonathan VR got kind of unlucky on a bunch of uh, a bunch of kind of heaters that he that came off his bat that just went right at someone. But no, I mean, I think that may just have something to do with that. Everyone was kind of putting the bat on the ball today, a lot of contact, and you know, Keegan Thompson, if he's not striking him out, but he can still shut him down for three and a third. That's obviously very impressive as well. Yeah. Did David Ross or anybody in the uh, clubhouse after the game explain what happened to Suzuki on the base running error? I I couldn't really even figure it out watching. Did he? Yeah. Did he forget how many outs there were? Um. He Ross said, you know, it kind of was just at, in his vantage point that it was like that ball. I don't know. Like it kind of hung in like any other place, it would have been just a double into the gap or into the corner. Um, that just kind of hung, and so that that might have been why Suzuki just kind of thought it was going to get down and started going. Like, I yeah, looking at the replay, I don't know like the even the timing of like it looked like he started going after the ball was caught. So I, I don't we didn't I didn't get a chance to talk to Suzuki. You know, um, he's obviously doing his his post game kind of stuff, so it came up here. But uh, maybe we could talk about it. Hopefully, get him tomorrow and and see what exactly was going on. It because it was that, and then I know he had the misplay in right field with with Madrigal on that fly ball. So uh, maybe it just had to do with, you know, the, the, the altitude in the air and the way the ball was, was hanging or carrying and stuff. Like, I mean, it could be as simple as that, um, especially not him not having an, any experience playing at course Field in the past. So, um, you know, yeah, that's what Rossi said. That's a, his vantage point, that's what he thinks, and hopefully we can get a better answer for you tomorrow. That's what I was saying while we're watching the game. I said, if I was him, I'd just blame it on altitude sickness. <laughs> you know, he didn't maybe have his best game, but – some other guys did, you know. Uh, it was good to see Schwindel finally get his first home run of the season. Um, and like you said, there was there was a lot of offense early on, and it turned out to be enough in this game against a team that also wasn't playing their best baseball. Right. And those insurance runs in the late in the later innings definitely came came up big. Especially, you know, I tweeted all the time. I am once again asking for a shutdown inning, and the Rockies did not get the shutdown inning after they scored those two runs, uh, basically off Steele and 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 Roberts. So uh, it kind of shut down the mo- any momentum that they had gained off that inning. So that's that's just kind of how baseball works sometimes. And that also helped that Keegan Thompson was just shoving, as me and Ryan like to say, and Corey. <laughs> <laughs> he shoved. Uh, Ryan, yeah, was, any other gonna, nuggets? Or I was going to tweet at you today, Luke. After I, I tweeted something about Keegan Thompson three and a third, and I'm like, I was about to quote tweet it myself and like tag you, be like, this is what shoving is. <laughs> any other, <laughs> any other uh, nuggets or bullet points from post game that we should know about? Um, uh, Justin Steele. I know. Uh, I saw a little bit on Twitter. Um, just kind of wondering why Steele w- wasn't going to that curveball early on. 
Um, and we talked to, we asked him about it. He said that, you know, he just kind of had, you know, tips from pitchers that have pitched at Coors in the past and the breaking ball maybe doesn't break as much as you want it to. So even just when he was, um, you know, warming up and, and, and maybe in the bullpen that he was feeling the four seam well and, and feeling the slider well, maybe the curveball wasn't really there. That's why if you look at it, I think maybe he threw like two in his first 50-ish pitches, something like that. Um, and that's just why he, the, he – just talking to other pitchers, talking to players with experience and cores that he um, just kind of realized that the curveball maybe wasn't the pitch to go to today. And, you know, he did well in four and was it four and two thirds uh, the, the fastball and the, and the slider combo. So if you, I mean, if those are the only two uh, pitches he's throwing and he's going four and two thirds, when he finally starts getting the rest of the arsenal in there, that's uh, that's a positive sign. Sounds good. We got it. Uh, another big day planned out there in Colorado tomorrow. Ryan, yeah. I guess, what, huh? Ryan? What are you up to? Like maybe go see what the going on. Go see the maybe Red Rocks, the maybe. Oh, Red Rocks oh, is maybe. a place. Maybe like you know, catch a show, <laughs> museum. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll hop back on the Rockies uh, DNVR podcast. So who knows? I got, send them the smoke. A lot of options. <laughs> like, like I said, this is my first my first time out in Denver, so I got I got plenty of options. Snooze is a good breakfast place. Snooze a eatery. Snooze. It's pretty solid, right, Joey? Uh, it's good. Good. Yeah, good hash. Good hash. It's uh, not the bongo room, but it's good. A couple of add-ins <laughs> on the hash. It's good. All right, so slack those. Slack those recommendations. All right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, goodness. Uh, Ryan Herrera, you can catch all of his uh, content coming at allchgo.com. Some in the member section, some of it not in the member section, but we encourage you to sign up, become a member, and uh, get that free merch as well. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only do you get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership. There you go, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get that free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. And if you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out in case you missed it. Online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone, and you're signing up with the fastest sports book. It's easier than ever. So start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This and is the best comment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Luke, no, finish, Luke. I'm sorry. I cut, want me to finish? I cut off your important ad read. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I'm literally. Mean, I'm supposed to read about CHGO here. Read about CHGO. Jake, I'm sorry if you're listening. Jake, hang in. Uh, podcasts and live shows after every day. Uh, post-game shows like this one. We'll have another one tomorrow. The premium written content for members at allchgo.com slash Ryan Herrera. And the dope merch for all the teams. Look at Cody's shirt. There's one right there. And a free shirt when you become a member in the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. All right, what do you got? Really important question here from Yaramir Yager in the comments. Madrigal stinky, question mark? Yes or no, Corey? So I, I guess Luke He's and, only asking Corey. Luke and I'm, Cody's I'm trying to figure out why are irrelevant I feel here. like I, have I been banging the Madrigal drum particularly <laughs> Does loud? he smell to you? Is he stinky? Uh, I've, I've never met him in person. I can't speak on that. He had a good night at the plate, though. Um, so that was good to see. I thought Two he had four. his... Madrigal stinky. Yes I, I'm, that's no. the second time he's Corey. been described as stinky I, in I the comments. I just feel like I, I've just been telling people not to 
hate him with such yeah. a visceral passion, but I, d- I don't think I've been like a super strong Tonight, advocate we'll, for him either, have I? I don't think he's stinky. No, I, 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 <laughs> nah, I, I, I don't think Yarmir Yager <laughs> says. He doesn't think he's stinky. I've heard yeah. your take on him, and you know, oh gosh, you have started calling him Nick Right Guard Madrigal, have you not? Right, because he smells. Yeah, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Herrera. Never let him see a sweat madrigal. Ryan Herrera uh, texted us from Colorado and was like, "This madrigal guy, he he smells." And so I been, can smell him in the press box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what did Ryan say in the Cubs beat earlier? He said, "I was told Nick Madrigal was a terrible defender." Cody probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I probably said that once or twice tonight because outside of that play between him and there, Suzuki, yeah. he was had some really nice defensive plays. He the one uh, where Crone beat the shift, the shift. You said shift, correct? <laughs> yes, I said late. the shift. It's late. Okay, Crone beat the shift, but Magical got over there, spin through it to first, ended up saving a run. Um, and then the snow cone catch in foul territory. Thought that was nice defensively as well. And then he had a couple hits. So, yeah, tonight was Nick Magical's best game Smelling as a coach. Smelling like roses. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I think that's how it's going to go a lot. He makes a ton of contact. So there's going to be games like we saw in Pittsburgh where the ball finds gloves or doesn't find holes. And, and yeah, there's going to be some weak contact and double plays. When a guy makes a lot of contact, he's going to ground into some double plays. But if he can be, you know, even what he was for the White Sox, that's an above-average hitter, that's – fine right yeah. you're, you're not paying him 30 million dollars a year to be doing anything else right you're it's totally fine if he can be an above average hitter i i i know there's been some talk that he's not the best defender or he makes some bad plays from time to time but i've heard that his baseball iq sucks i've been told that yeah one by I, by Southside fans. Yes, yes. I've been told his, his baseball IQ is not good. I, everything we've seen from him so far, I it's like, yeah, this is totally fine. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I had I, never heard the stinky yeah, part, but totally anyways. Yeah. Uh we can add the stinky part to the list. Joey, as, as we roll downhill here, uh for the YouTube fans, do we have the Albert Pujols running video? And for those of you that can't see this, just know that Albert Pujols tried to run from second base to third. Correct? Yes. And he, he is tried running to steal. in this game against the Brewers trying to steal. He looks like me after I went to Chipotle and ordered a double order. Like he's <laughs> they got running, double meat. Yeah, like <laughs> double meat. And I'm like, I got to get somewhere. I don't know if I should go. Maybe I shouldn't go. I've never seen a professional athlete run this slow. That's not even a joke. That feels, like, I, I mean, I haven't seen you run yet, but that feels... Oh, you're never going to see me run. Offensive that's, that stopped to you. 10 years ago. Like, this is brutal. Yes, this was, this was, uh, Ryan, no, you did it, didn't you, Cody? You said, this looks like me. <laughs> yeah, what did I do? I said, apparently Luke Stuckmeyer was out at second base in Milwaukee. <laughs> and frankly, I'm, I was, I was slow <laughs> even in high school, like really slow. Like, but, I, I don't move quickly, but I don't I, ever move this slowly. <laughs> Right. I'm not quite sure what Pujols is thinking there. That. He just starts taking it off. Just, I mean, steps off, uh, throws to credit three. to Albert. Can, I'm going to say, I'm going to honestly say, we're watching, he's so easily out at third. Yeah. You could find, 
he's halfway. You can yeah. halfway. Eight out of ten men that are 65 and older can run faster than that. Well, and so, like, I, this is the type of thing. so outrageously slow. This is the type of thing that you want to see if you're a Cubs fan <laughs> while the Cardinals are doing this farewell tour of guys yeah. like this is an awful play yeah if they want to keep i know i think he hit a homer but they lost five to one in this game if mm-hmm. they want to trot him out here to do whatever this is right <laughs> be my guess yeah this look is at look awful. at the picture he's like usually it's like Pitcher's you notice like he's laughing. like it's a quick step off this guy like turns Oh, you're going? All right. I'm just going to leisurely take 10 more seconds to throw you out. John Lester could have turned and walked the ball over to third and still got <laughs> well, him out. Honestly, it remind, I was going to say it sort of reminds me of when Braun tried to do that to John, and John yeah. threw him out, and Braun was like, I was going to try it, and John was like, it's not funny. Like, I'm going to throw you out. Like, yeah, that I, was, you know. That like, was on. actually funny. Like, yeah. what made him think I'm going to take off He was trying base? to be sneaky. He was trying to be like Greg Maddox sneaky? or some shit like He's that. He's gigantic. <laughs> He can't be sneaky. He's that gigantic. Was like, that was like watching a buffalo try to go that had been wounded from second base to third. A wounded buffalo. You just compared Albert Pujols to a buffalo. Well, he's a big dude. Like, there's no sneaking uh, over to third base. Oh, my God. No, I no. I, I, you're not wrong. I don't. You're not wrong. I just... If he runs that slowly <laughs> to the Hall of Fame, he's never getting in. I mean, that was outrageous. I've never seen an athlete in any sport move that slowly. Yeah. He, he I would love to see him and Yachty try to race. Like, because they're both, like, super slow at this point in their that, career. But Yachty's always been hey, slow. Paul Konerko would have beaten Albert Pujols in a race to third base there. And that's saying something, because Paul Konerko was not yeah. quick. Uh, pitching matchup for tomorrow's game. Marcus Stroman back on the hill against yeah, Herman Marquez, 740. Uh, what did you like about Stroman in his Ooh. first outing? Well, I was in the left field bleachers when he starts. So, it was, you know, I had a I had a decent view of his his start. I think what I liked the most was that he just, you know, he worked quick and he, you know, he just found a way to get outs. Like, he's not a strikeout guy. He's not a pitch-to-contact guy per se either. I feel like he's a little bit of both. And so, in a way, that kind of, you know, that's why he has this reputation of he eats innings and he stays healthy and he just gets outs. And he's just like a – he's a professional pitcher. I mean, he just he, – there's nothing fancy about the fanciest thing he does is strut when he gets a strikeout or whenever he's running to the dugout after the third out after a big play or whatever. But, like, I don't know. Like, the that the first start, I was just – I went into the first start hoping for five strong innings, and he gave me five strong innings. So tonight, tomorrow, I'm, you know, after tonight, where really the Cubs didn't use a lot of their bullpen, you know, I'm assuming it's going to be another where Ross is hoping he gets five and around 80 pitches and, you know, use the bullpen from then on. So I'm, you know. I, the only thing that kind of worries me is like he's an he you well no he was with the Mets last year so he's only faced Colorado probably just a few times and he's probably been to Coors Field just one one series in his career I'm assuming I don't know if the Blue Jays played Colorado when he was there but um, he probably doesn't have a lot of experience at Coors Field so that's the only thing but I could say that about any pitcher because no pitcher likes going to Coors Field so uh, yeah I'm just hoping he gives me five tomorrow. 
Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about it in the pregame. Like, the Rockies, uh, it may be a change after tonight, but they're still going to be near the top. They, you know, near the top of the league in ground balls, and that's Marcus's specialty is generating those weak uh, contact ground balls. And, you know, probably Nico out there, so the defense should be a little better than it was tonight. Um, For me, like, you know, you and I were at that game uh, in his first start, and it obviously the, the home crowd won't be there, but... I, I love Kyle Hendricks, but he has obviously a very, like, unassuming presence. Stroman is the opposite. He has a presence on the mound. And so it's not at Wrigley Field. You're not going to get that same energy. But what I'm enjoying already about having Marcus Stroman is that there is a uh, there's a vibe to his starts, yeah. right? There is an energy when he's out there. It feels like appointment viewing, which is fun. Like, that's what you want. And, yeah, like, Coors is a tough place to pitch, but... Heavy ground ball team, heavy ground ball pitcher. Like, that's that's the recipe again for success tomorrow. That's fair. He's going to come with a swagger. Nico uh, better be at shortstop tomorrow with what you just oh said. Oh, yeah, 100%. He, he will. Yeah. Before yeah. we go, one quick note, Joey, before we head out the door. I just realized that anytime Yager's going to be on, as he says again, that is stinky behavior. We need <laughs> Carlos Sombrano pulled up saying we stinks in Milwaukee. Got it. Noted. So can, <laughs> Noted. Put that on your long list of audio clips. Another good comment I saw. Joe says, Madrigal gives off a fine odor. He can smell like Moises Alou's hands for all I care as long as he hits. <laughs> okay. You know what? Well, what was That's it? enough odor talk for Seeing tonight. Seeing as it's almost midnight, it's time to sign this one off. We hope you enjoyed it Cubs listening in the morning. After dark. Uh, thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs postgame show. Cubs beat the Rockies 5-2. to two. We'll see you back here Friday night. Tomorrow. Well, now, almost today. Yeah, in two minutes. Fly the Mm -hmm. W for your first place, Cubs.